Hello and welcome. This is the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I'm Giles Alderson, I'm a writer, director, producer, and I am with, today, the wonderful producer and actor, star of Disney's The Lodge, star of Retribution, and producer and director with me of our Food for Thought documentary. It's Dan Richardson. Hello. Now, we are in Cannes at the moment. I made that sound really wanky, and I didn't mean to. Apologies for that straight away. It's late at night. We're back in our um, apartment, and um, I'm just doing the intro from here because, hey, um, we're rock stars, right? We're in Cannes, so why wouldn't you? Why, why wouldn't we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that sounds wanky too, but we are in Cannes, and it is a fact. The intro needs to be done, and that's actually as much why we're doing it now as anything else, because it's logistically the only time we can do it. <laughs> Absolutely, because we've been filled with meetings, and do you know what? It's our first can. It's my first can. It's Dan's first can, and it has been amazing. <laughs> Is it, what? Yeah. Okay. We might have had, you know, a good night out. We might have enjoyed our can trip and our enjoyment here. But what's been amazing about it is you go to one event and you meet someone, and everyone's so open here. They'll literally go. Cool, here's my business card. What do you do? Cool, let's talk. Oh, I'd love to collaborate on that. I'd love to meet and talk to you about that. And it's been incredible. And what we've found with the documentary when we've gone to see distributors uh, in the market, it's they've just opened up. It's a very dynamic festival. And it's one of those things where you use a lot of the people you meet are people you would ordinarily meet in London or in LA, people you already might collaborate with. But for some reason, the festival atmosphere and, the, and the, just the environment it inspires people to do more. You, you, so you have meetings and you have conversations that you wouldn't have if you met with them in, the, in your hometown. Mm. It's amazing. And it's been, like you say, it just one thing leads to another, to another, and it's, before you know it, you've got a network of 20 new contacts from a couple of days walking around the market. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's been brilliant. And, and I can see why Cannes is, is like the outright best festival in the world because as good as other festivals like I've been to Toronto a few times and Cinequest and these are brilliant festivals and but they but everyone acknowledges Cannes as being the biggest and best and being here now and experiencing it for myself I realize why it's incredible yeah it's just fascinating how many filmmakers there are here but yeah if you're making things and you're out there doing it people want to know and they want to help you here and um, I've been amazed maybe we've been lucky maybe people have come out here and not had that experience but we've had the experience of you know perfect example tonight we've, we've just went to a couple of events then we ended up at the Carlton and in there I just suddenly got talking to this guy who went oh when I said we're doing the vegan documentary he went oh great I know someone who's really interested in that and I can get you this and let's talk about that that was just someone I met at the bar and, and that's incredible and that's what I love about it time will tell whether those people who are saying we can help you or would like to help you will actually help us but the point is we were in the right place at the right time to make something happen um, and yeah it's, it's great it's great so basically we've had a good time um, we've met some great people we're flying home tomorrow like I say it's middle of the night but we wanted to get this podcast out to you guys because we love you and um, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to do this uh, sorry for the sound quality I did bring a, a mic to do it on but then I realised I didn't have a card reader so I could put it into my Mac so I'm recording this on my phone so welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast if the first time people who've listened to this it's not normally like this you did what I did. 
Brilliant. Um, right, got to do, I, I was supposed to do loads of shout-outs. I imagine the only one I can remember while I'm here is Rain Dance, um, who have been wonderful at this festival as well. So what Rain Dance have done this time is they're helping young filmmakers and they're helping young indie filmmakers, very young. Um, but in order to do so, they need your help. Help them make independent cinema accessible to everyone by donating to their crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, that's right. Rain Dance are doing a crowdfunding campaign in aid of emerging filmmakers uh, for Raindance 2019. So it's about unique experience for 12 to 25-year-olds. So the link will be in the show notes. It's all about screenings and cult indie films and masterclasses. Uh, so please donate now and help them make a difference. The link will be in the show notes. If you want to help indie filmmakers, like I've always said, you want to send the elevator back down, then do click that link and help them. Um, I'm sure there's others I'm supposed to do. But I can't remember what they are. Uh, okay, so today's podcast is with the fantastic um, Alberto Sciamma, um, who talks about all his brand new film, I Love My Mum, which is out next week. It is fantastic. It's a really brilliant movie. I really enjoyed it. Stars Kirsten Waring and a whole heap of other brilliant actors, but he tells you how he made that indie film, how you can find a, a Spanish production company shoot in Spain, um, how he made his first feature from Black Death with Lena Headey and Jason Fleming, and how you can work with collaborators. So joining myself uh, and Robbie McKay now, a wonderful editor-producer, is Matt Hookings and Dom Lenoir, and they join us for this conversation with Alberta Shamaka. So without further ado, Dan, take care. Oh, mate, take care. And listen, everyone, good night. I'm going to go to bed. And if you're listening to this in the morning, all I'm going to suggest is just listen to it later on in the day, and it'll all make sense to you. So good night. Good night, Dan. Um, I don't know if it will make sense to you. Certainly this intro won't. Um, God bless you all. Thank you for listening and taking your time. Dan is now doing a penguin walk out of the room. I'm now going to be up for another hour or so uploading this. Wish me well, wish you well, keep making your film, keep your dream alive, and make your own film. Go out there and do it. This is the podcast, Abeda Shimaka. Enjoy. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast, Alberto Shama. Thank you for coming along. It's a pleasure. We've also got uh, Dom Lemoir joining hello. us. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. And we've got Matt Hookings joining us. Hello, mate. Oh, uh, hello. You are looking lovely in your red. St- I mean, you look like um, a Barnsley player. And Barnsley got promoted last night. And I'm delighted by this. He's got, he's got a nice penguin on his uh, jumper Matt as well. Barnsley don't have penguins on their shirts. Thank you. Take, take that as a compliment, mate. Take it as a massive compliment. To be promoted at the moment is huge. It's delightful. There we go. I promise you. And we've got Robbie. Robbie McCain. Hello, mate. Robbie. Hey, Robbie. Charles, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how are you feeling today? I didn't ask you last week how you were feeling. I'm right. I'm a bit, I'm a bit tired today, but yeah, yeah. doing well. Oh, it's a lovely well. shirt, it's Robbie. Great. It's a lovely shirt. It's great. It's great. That makes great podcast. And it is a nice shirt. So we're here to talk about I Love My Mum. Um, which is a really cool, fantastic movie. I've really enjoyed it. It's very funny. It goes to many locations. Some great acting. Uh, Matt produced it. Alberto uh, directed, directed it. Yeah, wrote it. Absolutely. So we will get to that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I wanted to talk about your journey as a filmmaker as well. I kind of want to just have a bit more fun before I jump straight into that, though. Oh, go on then. Go on then. Right. Okay. Dom, we're going to the rain dance yep, I'm, party. I'm this your evening. date tonight. Well, <laughs> it's debatable. You're coming with me. Yeah. yeah. All right. To the day. Is this your outfit? Is this what you're wearing? Yeah. yeah that, are you, are you going in number? that t-shirt? Nope. I'm not. I've got a special little number <laughs> yeah, in my he's bag. Got, he's got a dress. Yeah, I've got a dress. It's one of those. Um, it's one of those red and white stripy ones they have in like sort of period dramas. Well, it's supposed to be the 40s, yeah. isn't it? This, oh, it's, this, oh, it's actually I, themed. I, I it's themed. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's themed. 
Al- yeah. Alberto. Uh, are you going as well? Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I mean, if he's supposed to be the 40s, I don't need to change. You're dressed perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not, how old are you, man? He never, he never, Matt never tells you his age. Does he not? It's a secret. 25, it's somewhere right? between 20 and 35. In, in this industry, if you're, if you're too young, you don't get taken seriously. And if you're too old, yep. they, they say, well, why haven't you done this at that age? Very and, true. Because they compare. So you just so don't give an age so and therefore you're you, you going to chameleon like. calculates his like, like Alberto yeah. said, I'm ageless. Ageless. And yeah. I believe that you're either dead or alive. Age doesn't exist. That's just not true. But that's great. I mean, that's your it, I mean, it sounds like it's opinion. profound, but it's... It yeah. is something. Very yeah. profound. Very profound. And thank you, Matt, for that. Thanks. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting about that? When you're a young producer or a young director, actually people don't take you as seriously. You just look very tired all the time. Yeah. 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 It's good. Good, good chat. kind of works. So, <laughs> right, Alberto, talking mm-hmm. of which, you have, did start a, a younger age. You did make three films. Three, I've or, made five films. You made five films, yeah. so, but three films, like, in, in the early days, in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. Um, one 2005, which for me was fascinating when I found this out. I was like, okay, cool, let's talk about that. So how about your journey then, becoming a director and a writer? How did you first start? Why did you want to become director? Okay, becoming a director and a writer is basically a calling. It's like becoming a priest or something like that. I left Spain at 19. I came to the UK. Ah. I studied film here. Great. And then I started to make music videos for Mute Records and mm-hmm. some other uh, uh, sort of early electronic uh, UK music. Nice. And then with a lot of Spanish bands as well. They used to come to the UK and I used to shoot a video for them or whatever. I'm talking about before YouTube and before all of that. So mm. in those days, you know, to promote music, it was basically TV and that's that. And there is where I sort of learned a little bit the profession. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I decided that uh, I had a, 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 an idea for a movie in my head for a long time, which became The Killer Tongue. Yes. Uh, which is a story, as a very lovely movie, uh, very gentle about uh, a woman that develops a very, very long talking tongue that starts fucking her and realizes that she doesn't need any other, any other companionship than that. Yeah, she gets his massive tongue and it starts killing not tongue. only, well, killing. The tongue can only eat nuns. Eat nuns. Yeah. It can only eat so, nuns. So five poodles that have become. Uh, five drag queens through mm-hmm. a series of events in the movie have to supply the nuns from the nunnery to the tongue to eat. It's amazing. It's such uh, a so, out batshit crazy uh, story that I loved it. When I read it, I was like, that sounds that incredible. Was, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still can't believe that uh, somebody financed it. But, <laughs> somebody uh, did finance this it movie. It got financed and it became a little bit of a cult movie. It did because you've got some big names in it. You know, yeah, got, we had uh, who played Robert England himself. Robert England, uh, yeah, Freddy yeah, Krueger. Melinda yeah. Clark. Yeah, and and you had um, Doug Bradley. Doug Bradley. Pinhead so, himself. So, so we put Pinhead and Freddy Krueger together in a, movie. in a confessional Incredible. inside the church. Right. How are they? One work? telling the other, you look so much better without the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. And the other one going, you too, uh, I imagine. Too, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and then they explode. How did you get the money? How did it come about? We went to the American film market and we had a company at the time that wanted to make the movie mm-hmm. uh, called Trimark. Mm-hmm. which then disappeared mm-hmm. and they offered i don't know if it was a million or something like that to start the financing and uh, but they wanted some changes they wanted to tone it down but there was a spanish company mm-hmm. who uh, decided okay well if those guys are interested in putting that money we will put the money if you shoot in spain theoretically the movie was set in uh, new mexico 
So, wow. so we decided, okay, well, I, we, I can do it in Spain if I go to Almeria, which is where they used to shoot all these old spaghetti westerns and even parts of Lawrence of Arabia. Amazing. W- was shot there and and I looked at it and said yeah I think I can make it work here mm-hmm. so then we ended up with this company uh, that then was called Iberoamericana Films financing the movie wow so and they were happy to do it on the basis of the script on the, even though they knew it was a kind it of it was on the basis of the script and of my on my insistence good good so, so you pitched so it you were there selling it and saying this is how that I can one do it. I was there selling it yeah. uh, uh, bending down and doing all the, all fair, the moves it, it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter how bonkers he is he, he is a very good writer and it's it's mm. He could write something so no, bizarre as about, about a killer tongue that you know it would it would still be good on the page. Yeah, that, that's, absolutely. That's what everyone goes by. Goes by well, tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Well done. Oh, yeah, Thanks for coming. You can go now. <laughs> but the fact is, like you say, uh, as Matt says, you you managed to get funding and finance for something for a feature that yeah, was called Killer and, Tongue. And and speaking seriously, it did, it did uh, I mean, it took us a couple of years to get it all together, mm-hmm. but uh, it did surprise me that uh, it was going to go. Mm. And then we started to, it, uh, it had a very wide uh, genre f- festival showing. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 it got some traction. Big cult following. Yeah. That's yeah, really cool. Following, but it was fun. Yeah, oh good. Because then off the back of that, two years later, you managed to make um, Black Plague, which is a bit more of a Yeah, which was called uh, Anasapta uh, at the time. Anasapta, uh, yeah, it's a very so Spanish that, name? What's no, it? it's a Latin, it's a Latin okay. name that, uh, that physicians at the time used to whisper in somebody's ears before they died. Anasapta. To, to make them go, you know, <laughs> sort of die peacefully. Oh, oh so nice. That's, uh, yeah, the name was changed and they called it black plague because um, english you know, people whatever, like me you know. go what does that mean yeah and therefore you got a great title like black plague and, yeah i mean yeah. that was incredible we were shooting a movie about the black plague mm-hmm. and we were shooting it in in wales where where uh, my producer matt is, matt from. is from yes and, uh, <laughs> and it was it was really funny because the day before we start shooting we were hit with foot and mouth Wow. So a plague was happening. We were sh- trying to shoot a movie about a plague. And then what happened was that, that we lost all locations because we couldn't go anywhere. Because it's farm or it was, it was all through farmland, so you yeah. couldn't walk through farmland uh, or anything. So we were changing the script and trying to adapt everything so it would happen more or less in one location. It was just sort of crazy. That's but almost we like a, a Terry Gilliam, Don Quixote level disaster. Wow, well, yeah, no, yeah. this is only a little accent in that, in that journey, <laughs> which is a completely far. different one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, I mean, it was, uh, it was difficult. But... Uh, you know, we did the movie, so... Yeah, was, and you, Lena Headey cool. starred in that, and also you had Jason Fleming and a Which young... Which, at, at the time, there were a couple. Ah! Yeah, oh, yeah, scandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Anyway, I mean, Jason Fleming is super fun to it, be with. Yes, super He's fun, He's just yeah. a, bomb, a bomby band, really happy. Yeah. He brought to the set huge uh, positive energy all the time. That's so nice. it was good, it was cool. With that then, going on to your second movie, what did you take from the first one that you'd learned and brought into your second one, Black Plague? Maybe I should have stopped drinking. Um, <laughs> um, the Killer Tank was such a ride. I mean, it's such a crazy, crazy movie. Yes, yeah. Uh, that I I wanted to. I mean, I like all kind of stuff, so I don't limit myself into one sort of style or another or anything like that. And I, and I was very interested in writing a movie 
with the feeling of the Old Testament, you know, the punishing, revengeful God. Mm. All of my movies tend to happen in an abstract space of some sort, or in a sort of slightly fantasy space. Mm. Even the last one, even I love my mom in a way, it's a sort of surreal road, tri uh, road trip. In the very first one, I had a, 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 a line producer who, whose name is Cookie Lopez Rodero. Great name. Who? Cookie was the assistant director in David Lynch Dune. Wow, okay. And he was used to more Hollywood sort of big stuff. Sure. And uh, I learned everything from him at the beginning, in the first movie, because he guided me. Okay. I remember that the first thing he told me that, uh, I remember arriving to the set the first day mm -hmm. and catering, had prepared sandwiches, and there were some sandwiches with like a fried egg inside. And he saw me going for one of them, and he said, Alberto, you fucking don't touch that sandwich. And he took me aside and said, hey, I'm hungry. Why can't I have yeah, yeah. that? And he says, man, you're going to eat that thing. Part of the egg is going to drop on you. And you're going to spend your first day as a director with everybody looking at your bloody shirt. <laughs> so then I said, okay, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> then he went out Brilliant. and he put together all the crew, like 70 people. And he said, look, you know, I wish you all good. You know, yep, yep. let's get the show going and blah, blah. And by the way, know that by tomorrow I'm going to suck half of you. So, obviously, wow. he was like, all right, that okay. Sets the Everybody knew where this guy was. Yeah, he's not messing so around. Said, all right, okay, fine. And um, so I learned a lot from him, which I was able to take. Obviously, yeah. I'm talking about the silly anecdotes here, but no, there I've was got... a lot of in-depth stuff. Each movie is different, and you learn with all of them. You know, some actors want to be approached in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Some actors are very method. Uh, it's like when I work with James Kahn, he's like the opposite. You know, he just appears in set and he just sort of delivers and then really and then continues joking and talking about his days in the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> yeah. That was your next film, Jericho Mansions. Yeah. With James Kahn. Obviously, you've now made two feature films and suddenly you're now getting a big star like James Kahn coming off the back of Godfather. He needed the money. Yeah. He needed the money. What happened? Okay. That means you must have given him a decent amount of money. <laughs> I don't know, if he needs the money. Extremely honest, no, no, Alberto. I, I love it. He's so honest. Do you know what? I need someone he looking really after as Merlin. He'd make a good Merlin, James Kahn. Imagine him coming down, <laughs> giving it. <laughs> He's great. I mean, James Kahn is like, he's a star. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he had a massive peak when he did. Um, have you ever had anyone well, is, on the show being right. this honest about stars? Uh, Lena Headley, James Kern? No, not no, yet. No, 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 no this but is I'm great. only saying what they will tell you, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying, saying the saying truth. Saying Are you anything? sure you didn't hear them say, listen, Alberto, yeah, I'm going to tell you something. Don't say <laughs> no, 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 to no, anyone, anyone ever. And I'm only surfing here. I'm not going deep. I mean, he's an incredible guy and, and a fantastic actor and super fun to be with. Yeah. How did you cast him then? How did, how did this... Um, uh, Jericho Mansions come about? How did it actually happen? You wrote it again. Well, this is the first one you'd written on your own as well, not co-writing something? No, correct? I've always written in my own. Okay. Um, except uh, uh, of the movies I've made, except uh, Anasapta, mm -hmm. that was co-written by my second wife, okay. uh, Harriet Sand, before she checked me out uh, of the house. For James Carr. Um, okay, fine. <laughs> 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 How, what's your writing process like then? Do you, do you come up with the idea first? Do you like to... Uh, plan it out, you put notes on the board, you scriptment. How do you Normally, do it? I, it starts with a seed, with an idea. Sometimes it's an image, sometimes it's just something you've overheard, sometimes it's just something uh, stupid sometimes. Mm. You know? And uh, the way I approach it is that when I have that sort of hook in, in the head, mm -hmm. which is absolutely not developed, it truly is a little seed of a thought, Yeah. 
I start on a blank page and see where it takes me. So I don't plan it. Ah. I don't know where it's going to go or okay. how it's going to develop. And uh, I mean, that may sound corny, but it's true that you start writing and the characters start developing a certain personality mm -hmm. and then you go with the flow. Uh, after after a while, you then, yes, you see the landscape that, that you have to sort of aim at. Mm -hmm. But I never, I've never done sort of an, uh, an initial breakdown or how the thing's going to work or anything wow. like that. How many drafts do you do then in that case? Because if you just write and write and write, it can go on to 200, 300 pages, if you like. Then do you have to your first... No, because I, I know, I know, I know roughly that, uh, you know, it's going to be an hour and a half or two hours or sure. whatever. So I, so... I time it in, in my writing, and, do you, uh, and do I'm you, constantly editing. You know, and do you, do you yeah. enjoy the, the the redrafting process when you have to go into sort of the more structural stuff, and you've kind of come up with an idea that yeah, the flies redrafting away. is is fun because you have to think less, or you have to think in a different way. I mean, basically, you've gone down the mine, you've taken the call out, and now it's a question of, of doing something with that call. Mm. So the hard part is the is the first draft in a way. Once you have that in your hands, you have a base. Uh, uh, and then you can, you know, add the tomatoes and this and the other and put it in the oven and you get a nice pizza. Yeah. But otherwise, <laughs> um, uh, yes, so the redrafting is fun in a way. You know? Oh, you're happy to redraft. You don't mind going back at it and chopping No, I don't mind because uh, I do respect everybody's opinion. So, so uh, I'm not that stubborn in that front. So mm -hmm. I talk with the producers or with, uh, or with, or, or with people close to me, which I trust. And, and then... Uh, uh, when I hear that two or three people are thinking the same about a possible problem, then probably they're right. And then I look at it and try to understand why the problem uh, may be there and, and try to find a solution. What I don't listen to is when they suggest to me just pure solutions, but understanding the problem is good. And, mm. and the process is very intense. I mean, I cannot write uh, sporadically. I need to so close myself in a way mm -hmm. and spend a month or two or whatever it takes sort of yes going through the process because i wake up i go to sleep i eat i everything is with that thought process with in the your thoughts mind. of the of the movie you know yes. why is that and I, they dream a lot you know to try to visualize things to try to see them mm. and then uh, i can put them down into paper now if i put them down successfully or not that's something else right yeah, you do close yourself off when you write which is good yeah it's, I good, to, it's actually it's, a good um, um, i cannot multitask so if i get uh, yeah very nice he, he works well at that he can yeah. close himself off because i find that difficult because your brain suddenly gets yeah. distracted by other things i'm writing two scripts at the moment i'm literally i'm like oh I'll do 20 pages i'm like yeah yeah this is great 20 minutes I mean and then suddenly you just go oh I'll just check Twitter or someone yeah, messages you yeah. and, and, and it's re then it's, it's really hard or check emails because yeah. there's so much going on and the stories yeah. start to flow into one kind of idea starts to yeah. seep into yeah. the other film you're like how did that get there I thought there was just <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that can happen suddenly the characters jump yeah, all over yeah. the place you but. need a certain sort of solitude and purity of uh, mind and spirit to write oh I find that Mm -hmm. I cannot even listen to music when I'm writing. That's interesting. Because, it, uh, you know, music may influence, influence me, the story. So uh, true. Yeah. Know, of where I'm going with. I've tried know. all sorts. I have listened to music for a while when writing and then I've not I've done the silent route. Yeah. And I think the silent route is better because you can get influenced or you're putting on the best of, you know, uh, yeah, so then you hear a superhero song movies or romantic songs. Yeah, yeah. And that changes your feeling yeah. at that moment. Uh, I, used, so, well, well, I think when I first started writing plays, though, I put on proper sort of hardcore trance. <laughs> interesting projects came out yeah, yeah. if you know where the scene is going then yes you can listen to something that is going to help you, you know, to take you there I have films on in the background is that weird no yeah. I mean that must massively influence you right
what, how can we do that to, to put your mind in a different place or put your mind in if, the right place? If I know that I'm struggling with something and I need inspiration, mm-hmm. then I'll up on a specific film that my attention's maybe not completely on it, but mm-hmm. there'll be a nugget or something. And I've done that quite a lot. I've taken some really good nuggets and gone, oh, wait, I've just heard that. Mm. And I can now use that. And that's great. If it's If it's something that is not supposed to inspire it means i already kind of have an idea of what i'm doing yes and this yeah. thing in the background is just it just gives just you a helping. seed yeah it yes, helps yeah. I know and again it, it stops you from looking <clears throat> at your phone and that's very yeah, true phone, phone is the main one you mm. just gotta yeah. throw your phone away basically but i don't yeah. i don't i find like it's it's good once you got the first draft out to to start bringing in like other influencing films once you've got that initial vision but if you do it when you're in that phase of getting that first draft out you can kind of grab too much maybe from something that you've seen just now that's the same genre and it Mm. starts to become a bit too much of that yeah i think so i'm I'm very wary of doing that i don't want to like the king arthur now and the rewrites and working with johnny on that i didn't want to watch too many of those type of films quite a lot of people get influenced too much there's a lot of people like that yeah yeah i disagree on that if i'm honest as in you'd like people to do that you have a lot of people and and look you know some great writers and alberto included um, Mm. another director working with at the moment it just won't have any kind of reference or nothing in the background but mm. you know it it's our industry is built on what we know from past films mm-hmm. current films yeah. and you know tarantino said this and scorsese they they, they have all taken influence from someone and so I your, think, your motto is almost to steal everything no no i think i think, I think it's, 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 it's influence <laughs> steal so um, many that people don't realize yeah, yeah, which you stole from. yeah. but you know I, which lie did i tell yeah, isn't it yeah. I, I, you know you know quite openly i've watched god knows how many boxing films for the, over for the boxing uh, yeah you have and of course people say to me, have you taken influence from any of them i was like all of them pretty much mm-hmm. like all of them yeah and i think that you it's not about you know it's about doing it's about remembering what someone did right but then making it your own that's mm. the difference yeah. if you don't make it your own and it's not original or it doesn't have your input then it becomes a copy and a yes. rip-off. And there's yeah. loads of films you know you can mm-hmm. you can compare um you know uh uh chinatown to, to some scenes in Breakfast of Tiffany's, which is mm-hmm. just complete different comparison. Sure. And, and, you know, films like from Angel Heart to Chinatown, again, completely different films, completely different time period. And you just, you just go through all these films mm. that yeah. you go, okay, well, there, there was an influence there and it's how you can improve it and make it better. Boiler Room, a very yeah, good example, room, yeah. is literally the Wolf of Wall Street and Scorsese purposely mm. said about that. Got in contact yeah. with I think by some of your references there, we can sort of guess your age. Sorry, Tom. I think the key thing is like when, you, when you've got your own idea and you're bringing enough of what's personal to you in your own story, because mm. that's, that's what's going to excite the readers. If you're then drawing in the, all the references that you've you've you know seen over the years, as long as you're getting little little scenes here, little bits of a character here, and you're not thinking, okay, I'm going to steal this and try and be like this. Yes. If it's like, okay, this this influence is kind of like how I already saw the character. Maybe I watched this film when I was young and it inspired me. Mm-hmm. That will kind of work with that behaviour. If you kind of drag drag stuff in like that, I think then it's authentic and it's you know into but your own we'll vision. Carry, we'll carry everything we've watched within exactly. us exactly. It's impossible. and then we filter it out through our exactly. own interpretation yeah, yeah. so absolutely yeah I think yeah. certainly with the horror with the dare I was slightly wary that horror very people are very specific about the horror and the twists and the turns they're like oh you stole that from that 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 and there's a big forums about people yeah. saying it I think sometimes in other films there's less of that people don't seem to hang on to it as much in any other industry you wouldn't be a plumber and not use your tools 
So it's yeah. like you create a film, you're using your reference and you know, the, the past films of your, mm-hmm. your, or, or whatever, whatever inspiration you're feeding off, they're your, mm-hmm. to me, they're your tools. Yeah. And, you know, we've watched God knows how many films. You can't, it's very hard to pinpoint at what point, that, which film's going to inspire you. Off the back of Jericho Mansions, what, what was the situation? Can you talk about that? Well, it's life. I mean, life mm-hmm. happened, which uh, life meaning nothing to do with filmmaking. So I was writing a lot in that period. Great. So this is why I have now like, you know, eight, nine scripts I would like to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I stopped, but I stopped uh, actively trying to seek uh, financing for it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bitch of an industry as we, yeah, as and the we financial, in this table know. The financial world know? changed as well in terms of how yeah. people were financing films during that time. So Yeah, I, very much so. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I felt uh, that I was ready to, to get back and, and I did Bite, which was a very small movie that we mm. shot outside uh, Rome yes. in Italy. I always had a strong connection. I'm Spanish, but I have a strong connection uh, with Italy. Yeah. So, you know, I thought, okay, well, maybe I can set it up there. So, so we did that little movie yeah. because uh, in a way I used it to be able to get back into it mm-hmm. because my target was to make I Love My Mom. So, right. And you already had that written before you made by slash Blood Trap. It was released as Blood Trap in the it, UK. Yeah, they changed. Yeah, in, oh, I think in the Anglo- Anglo-Saxon territories, it was uh, the title changed to Blood Trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had Vinnie Jones yeah. in that. Um, we had Vinnie Jones for a yeah. few days. Uh, and, and Costas. Mandilia. So again, you had a really good cast. I mean. Yeah, it was cool. And, and uh, because it's, it's funny because when you shoot in location outside or, or when everybody has to move from one place to another, in this case was uh, mainly American cast coming to Italy, etc. You create a sort of a family in a way. Mm. So then uh, that allow us to, to break the rules a little bit, work harder and get things going. You know? yeah. So it was good. That's nice because no one goes home, experience. do they? Everyone sort of connects and bonds. Yeah. Yeah. In the small, you know, I mean, the worst is to be like in a set, everybody goes back home and mm-hmm. then they come back and it becomes like a nine to five in a way. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice, a nice experience. Yeah. We were able to, to, uh, to do a lot that seemed very difficult, you know, like yeah. I need 15 babies. You know, like, fuck, I'm going to find 15 babies. Let's yeah. go to next town in near Rome and, you right, know, and just grab 15 babies. So it was certainly. Tom's on fire. Right. No, go to a nursery. Yeah. yeah. What was that I'll film with Nicolas Cage? The fantastic one where they stole all the babies. At Racing Arizona? Raising Arizona. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah. that. So you just yeah. went and got loads of babies. Um, we got lots of babies. Yeah. For one thing. So, so you made that, and then obviously at the time you'd already had I Love My Mom, which is you're the one you really want to push yeah, and get made. Yeah, because in that empty period is mm-hmm. where I wrote a lot of those scripts that uh, that uh, I have now. I'm one of them. Uh, in my mind, I, I had two comedy. I wanted to go into comedy mm. for the simple reason that when you work in comedies, your brain is thinking about stupid fun things, you know, frivolity. But, and, but, yeah. and, and but, it, but it's interesting you, know. you, you say that cause about the, the process of where you go when you're writing and when you're directing mm-hmm. because, you know, film is cathartic in a sense and when you're when you're writing a lot of the time, like, you know, if you're in, if you're in a sort of a dark place, you can get that, that sort of horror stuff and it comes quite naturally. Yeah. If, if you want to go into the comedy, then you start to embody that. And I think it's it's it can actually be quite a helpful process in terms of like where you are in your life and even if you're not actually. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like a therapy. You know? Yeah, mm. yeah. Then I thought, well, I love my mom. It's so closer to my heart, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go for I love my mom. And then I started a long, painful process that lasted about two years to try to put it together mm-hmm. with a lot of ups and downs and disappointments and and, and happiness and blah blah. blah. And, uh, Let's give a little way. pitch about what the film's about. The movie's about a mother and son. Um, in the UK, 
who has a massive argument because uh, the mother is eaten. Well, he's, t- he's stolen the the cheese from <laughs> from the fridge. A cheese that his son uh, purposely both, loved yeah. and wants. Yeah, absolutely. And and they have a massive stupid argument. They are in their pajamas at home mm-hmm. and in Tilbury, and they get really pissed off with each other. He grabs her, puts her in the car, and says, "Okay, we're going to the fucking gas station because it's the only shop open. You're gonna get out, buy me the cheese that you stole from me, and then I'm dumping you there. So fuck off." Uh, in, they have a fight in the car. They live by the port. They have an accident. The car ends up inside a container. The container closes, and the container is, is put in a in a boat. And and it's you know a few days later they appear in Morocco because they managed to get out of the container. And it's the story. It's a road movie. It's the story of of this mom and and his son uh, trying to find their way home. In the process, you know, many things are discovered. That's, I don't know, a simple pitch on the movie. Where are we, Mum? Let me just see if I get this straight. You say your uh, mother was eating your cheese without your permission. Yes, sir. You got upset. Why? Drove to the shops to buy some more, and then you had some sort of accident, and ended up inside a container bound for Morocco. Mm, that's it. Somehow he managed to survive the six-day trip inside a freight container. We were lucky. We had a big bag of jelly babies. Splendid. Just take it as a free holiday. Free holiday, my ass, Mum. We are. This is where we are, okay? So we just follow the coast to the back, reach Tangier, swim to Jabua, get into Spain, Cordoba, Valencia, Barcelona, climb the Pyrenees, reach Toulouse, and that is it! What are we gonna do, Mum? What, each other? Could you please tell me what the bloody hell was going on here? I think you may be... French. What do you mean, French? We've got to get out of here, Ron. No one, absolutely no one, could part with you. But my name's Martin. Ron Martin. I should probably pronounce Martin. No, it, it, it's Martin. Ron Martin. Ron Martin. Ron Martin. 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 Yeah, Martin. Martin. The film is out on the 31st of May. The trailer is in the show notes now, and you can, what you've just heard is really cool. You get a taste of what it's like. All right, let's start. But how did you make this? How did you two come together, Matt? Alberta, what happened? Well, what happened was that first I met Alexa, who's the uh-huh. Alexa producer. Alexa Wall, producer, yeah. yeah. Is the other producer, but Alexa was also involved in uh, in uh, in line producing the movie. Okay, so then she hooked me up with Matt. We got on very well. Matt joined the team, and we managed to push on, make the movie, and complete it. Yeah, just like I said, Matt and Alexa um, joined the project, and yeah, just just helped bring it you know, help complete it, go through the post-production process and, and, you know, get a specific marketing angle of it and build the campaign Mm -hmm. um, and obviously help with the release as well, which is 31st, Prince Charles premiere opening in central London. Yeah. Might throw that in there. Do throw it in there. Tickets are available to that. Tickets tickets are available on the link. You know, coming off the back of Winter Ridge with Dom, it Mm -hmm. it was, it was like, okay, well, we, I can help and do all this, this this again in, in you know to, to kind of help just close it and use all the right people and and yeah just right. help Alberto like I said he was a lot more involved mm-hmm. just as a he, you know he should be credited as a producer himself because yeah he was, I imagine he was kind of guy yeah, yeah integrally involved in in everything so mm-hmm. um, yeah and that's kind of where we're at and it's just it's just you know the last couple of weeks have been really interesting brought 
Dom back in and, and some of the some of the same team, um, Claudia mm-hmm. uh, and Danny, which helped with the release of Winter Ridge, right. and it's just grown. It's just it's just great. I mean, we you know we've got DDA behind us, uh, which is a huge marketing and PR company doing wow. Avengers at the moment. If, they, you, if you want context there, they you know well, they, yeah, they did the marketing release on on Black Panther and and yeah some some How? Moonlight and some some amazing stuff. How just uh, just build, your charm building relationships, yeah, building build, relationships, build, 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 building really relationships, cool. and then obviously you know credit to the film. They, mm-hmm. they liked exactly. the film and thought yeah. it had had potential. Yeah, yeah um, so the film had an angle that they could use as well. I mean, you know they. They could immediately see how to target it, so yeah, they yeah. felt comfortable with it's it. A, it's a, it's obviously you know it, it's a it's a commercial film that has a lot of elements that can be drawn and, mm-hmm. and built, especially in yeah. in the marketing world. You know, you've got some good names. You've got Frank LaBeouf, which is a football legend. They Absolutely, can, they're is. bringing all that angle into place. So. Um, that getting them on board was actually proven very yeah. good. Uh, you know, sending out to you know hundreds of press and getting all you know doing everything properly. You mm-hmm. know, getting total film, Empire, all those kind of things interested. Yes, and and yeah, look, they launched the trailer, and within uh, within the first week, I mean, even on the just the YouTube thing, it was viewed half a million times. It was massive. I and mean, then, I I mean, I knew you, yes, and I knew you were involved in it, but still, I heard so much about yeah. it and already buzzing and there's talk and it was great yeah, it landed on the opening of msn aol page so the, the i think the trailer overall on, on consistent platforms got viewed over a million times in less than a week and is that from dda's help or is that yeah. from you guys doing what you're doing it, obviously obviously we're pushing it as well but mm-hmm. it was from mainly from dda yeah wow yeah Okay, um, so it's good to have someone you feel really good in the marketing side to yeah, really Yeah, also it's a fun that. trailer to watch. I mean, yes, as a trailer. It's a fun know, trailer to watch, of, yeah. And, you know. and a great cast and hilarious and fun. And you go, okay, this movie looks really fun. Yeah. It does. It's a great trailer. It's very well made. No, I, I wouldn't, um, I, I, you know, doing doing the next films, uh, you know, we're putting, we're putting uh, DDA's cost into the budget because I think it's that important. Wow. I really do think it's that important, yeah. Because if, really if you, if you don't have advice. an angle to distribute or release something, mm. okay, well then put a cost in for a PR company and work with them yeah. and, and do it yourself. I mean, it's, it's the second time we're doing it, but, mm. you know, do it yourself. And I think something we're, we're learning from like a lot of these sort of independent films is that it's not, you know, the film is good. Like there's a lot of great films, but a lot of them just disappear because people aren't putting in the, the, the time as producers. Mm. And, you know, having someone like DDA is, is incredible and it's a, it's a huge boost. And, you know, the film is getting great reviews of itself. But, you know, you've got a core team of people that are sort of independent filmmakers and making a massive impact on what the cinema sales are, mm-hmm. working with the sales agents, working with reviews, all that stuff feeds in and it's all very achievable as an independent filmmaker. Amazing. Amazing. So let's talk about making it then itself. Uh, so I Love My Mum, it's a road movie comedy. You had many locations, France, Italy, Morocco, um, Spain, uh, many more as well. So how did you go about doing that? How did you go about organizing that? I suppose it's a question for you, Matt, in terms of, how do you set that up? How do you even go, right, we need to shoot there then? I mean, it's a big logistical nightmare, right? Well, before the the coordination happened, I spent like a year uh, uh, flying constantly to different places in Morocco, di- lo- finding locations in Spain, because mm. Spain is not just one location. It's actually like four different places, uh, including Benidorm, etc. cetera. Uh, and the same, I scouted Italy because we were thinking maybe shooting some more stuff there. France, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So, was a huge amount of preparation on trying to figure out. And the reason why I needed so much preparation, rather than what you do normally, which is to say, okay, uh, 
you you go for a recce when you are already you know knowing you are going to shoot and sure. you prepare everything. Mm -hmm. You go there with um, the core team and yeah, analyze plans, everything and blah done. blah. But I knew that we were going to have to be running around like crazy, so I needed to know the places really well so that I could just jump from one street to the next or, or this and the other and plan everything in my own head. Mm. And then Matt and Alexa coordinated the, the, the you know, how, how to make it all click, you know. Yeah. Gorilla. That's the other Was thing it Gorilla style? Because it felt wonderfully like Gorilla to me. It felt like you, were, you gorilla, were stealing yeah. bits from here. You were shooting from windows far back. You know, you were in tight when you, you know, I, I was like, okay, we're hiding things, but it was really Tussles clever. with the police. It was a real tussle with the police. It's just, like I said, it's just, it's just, have, just yeah, gorilla. <laughs> and it, in a way, it's, it's good because it matches the, the film in itself. The film's such mm. a, you know, such a ride. It's, it's an adventure. They don't stay very long no, in places. No, it constantly moves it's and moves just, and moves and moves. And I you know, loved watching yeah, it just for that. It was really entertaining. Going, going at a, a good pace. And I think that the great thing about that is like, okay, well, the film's moving really fast which is great and, and it's still you know it's still keeping you on your toes and then also they're moving in different locations so you get a little spice of the culture in Morocco or yeah. you know, a little a little you know British feel of the of the kind Benidorm of um, Benidorm yeah. Spain, you know and then and then France you get that kind of um you know you get you get a sense of even the food and and, and you know Dominic Pignon you know fantastic yeah. actor just just a little sense of that so it's just like taking little uh, splices yeah. of the location, the culture, and obviously, you know, merging it with these two kind of, you know, it's it's very, very British, movie, very very British characters. Yes. Yeah. It is a road movie, but it's not a, a movie in which uh, we try to sort of, you know, go deep into the cultural implications of the places we go through or anything like that. No, no. Uh, I wanted to do it in such a way that it was through the eyes of Ron and Olga, who have absolutely zero interest in any, you know, cultural matters. And you had a great cast. How did you cast? Obviously, you've got fantastic... Um, uh, Tommy French and Kirsten Waring as your two leads. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because um, first we thought uh, I was working with a casting director called Simone Pereira Hind. Yeah, she's is, um, very well known. Yeah, yeah. and she's, uh, she's I, th I think she's set in uh, in Scotland now. Anyway, she's a fantastic woman and she, she talked about Kirsten and, and we, I went to, I met her here in London and immediately I realized, oh my God, this woman is already my character in a way. Right. It's already Olga. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, we talked about it. She read the script. She liked it and, and wanted to do it. And once I had the mom, then I could go and look for the son because Fine. to do it the other way around, it would have been difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we basically just, uh, just, just called people to send tapes. Right. Uh, so it was uh, a bunch of, uh, of young actors, mm -hmm. of which uh, five of them were remarkable, were really, really good. The wow. only thing is that four of them, which were fantastic, playing some scenes that they had to do for the movie, is that they were acting it. Uh, they were uh, more sort of middle class guys, putting on playing, like you know, putting yeah. on. That. And then Tommy came along. Tommy French, mm -hmm. he sat down and I had the same feeling uh, because Tommy is going to be, is going to be a big actor, very big actor. And I had the same feeling I had when I met some of the other actors that we mentioned before that mm -hmm. immediately you think, okay, this, it may work, you know, it's going to mm -hmm. work. And, uh, and I remember I put them together. I asked them to read a couple of scenes together and I could see, okay, yeah, you okay, see that's it. it. You believe it. Yeah. You believe it. Absolutely. And then I asked them to sing Blowing Bubbles. Um, <laughs> well, the West Ham song. The, yeah, which they couldn't sing at all well. I mean, they sounded like seagulls being strangled. That sounds how so they I sing thought, it, right? Okay, that's it. That works. <laughs> and, uh, Perfect. Right. But to shoot the movie, I mean, it was hard, but uh, I was very lucky, not only with Alex and with Matt, but uh, with the DOP I had, which mm -hmm. is uh, Fabio Paolucci, mm -hmm. because, uh, yeah, it's an incredible DOP, a young guy, Italian. He, he's a 
you know, a freak of images. It's completely dedicated. And uh, I was able to do a lot of shots as well outside the main unit with him before we started shooting. Right. So we were able to, I don't know, you know, get a ferry, get some shots from the ferry of water or whatever, and then go and climb a mountain, him and me, and, and a couple of locals dressed as the actors. So oh, is that what you did? Ah. Yeah, to be able to get shots that I knew it was going to be very difficult to get with the main uh, unit, you know. Yes, of course. With all the crew behind. And they had very specific costumes and hoods, so therefore you could... Yeah, I was That's able very to clever. Make, it, okay. make it work, yeah. just to give uh, as much value to the movie as possible. Mm. But, uh, I mean, most of the they wouldn't have done it. They would have said, okay, I need, I need um, my assistant, I need this and mm -hmm. the other, but we managed to sort of pull it out. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And what about all those locations? Because you have got to move around a lot and you have got, you're in water for quite, you know, you, yeah, it's almost a refugee boat at one point and you're falling yeah. into it. You know, it, all that sort of stuff takes a lot of planning and organization. A lot all of those planning extras, and a lot all of that. time. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. there a lot of kind of, I know you said guerrilla style, was there a lot of, you know, work with locals and stuff to say, look, will you guys just do this scene for us and we're going to act here. They felt like some... Yeah. Well, there was some scenes, like, for example, the, when when Ron becomes a taxi driver. Mm, yes. There is a moment in the movie that Ron steals a taxi, Yes. which is one of those Moroccan Mercedes uh, from the 70s. You know yep. I mean? Massive, very difficult uh, cars to drive. We were grabbing extras from the street. Right. You know. And saying, get in the car and get do Get in some... the car. Do you mind, you know, appear in a movie, get in the car, sign here and Wow. No, no, no. But all of that gave it that raw feel to it. A hundred percent it does. Yeah. And you had the, yeah. the boxing bit, which it turns out to be at the end. Yeah. Then you've got uh, all the, the karaoke stuff. Then you've got, you know, the boat. We shot everywhere. I mean, we started in Italy for a week. Then we moved to Marrakesh. We went all the way. We drove all the way. And when I say drove, I mean that we were shooting. Filming as, as you drove. To Tangier, in Tangier. We went to, to Catalonia, we went to Benidorm, we had to do time lapses throughout Spain, we went to, to the French part of the Pyrenees, uh, and, then, and then the UK. So we went to a lot of places. How many shooting days or traveling days was it in total? Seven weeks. Seven yeah. weeks, wow, of constantly sort of, even though you most places you knew where you were shooting and sometimes maybe you didn't I knew them know? all like the palm them? of my hand yeah wow okay because some of them were gorgeous yeah. there was some stunning yeah. I was like wow they've either got so, really lucky or you were on it um, it sounds no, it like was, you were I mean, on this top is why it. it took so long uh, yes to get my right. head around how I was going to do it I knew I couldn't do it any other way there was yeah. no money to do it any no other absolutely way. Matt how did you get permissions for stuff like that how did you find the ability or did you sort of is it again guerrilla style and gorilla. Go, gorilla. Just that it's word, gorilla it's great yeah. filmmakers because do you know what you can plan as much as you like but if you'd applied they might have gone oh no yeah. it's a big problem when we shot in Benidorm <laughs> in the beach yeah. we, we, we managed to hide the camera at the red in a cooler so we create a, a cooler you know where you carry drinks and whatever yeah. we managed to convert it we cut, cut a hole and we cut a hole we love it. we this made it waterproof everything so we could take wow. it into the water or whatever and and i thought okay we have to invent a device we have to create something for morocco mm. because when we're shooting in these really crowded streets with mm -hmm. these two actors uh, you know, they're going to be looking at the camera or whatever. Yeah. But after, and then, so we had a rucksack with a contraction to hide the camera, blah, blah, blah. Wow. But then we realized we didn't need it at all because as soon as everybody saw Kirsten in pyjamas, <laughs> blonde and... and yeah. They were looking, looking at tall. her. They were looking at her. They were not looking at us, you know, regardless that we were there with the camera, the sound, uh, everything. Wow. So we just sort of shut it. 
And you did. I noticed you shot a lot of stuff on long lens from further away as well. Was that yeah. also for that reason? Because you were in some very busy places in these cities. Normally, it was because I thought it was the right decision photographically for the moment, like to create a sense of isolation and they are in there, etc. But also because it was co- it was convenient. It was some places in in Tangier that I knew if I wanted the shot, I wanted uh, I had to do it from a certain restaurant on the third floor and blah blah blah. Wow. So I could place the camera there and get the shot, and then. Uh, Sometimes we were running so fast and so manically that we didn't have time even to do some more pickup shots. So then it ended up being a wine. But that big wine's brilliant because it It, looks like we're spying on them for a bit. It does work. It does work really well. It has a sort of, uh, I mean, that shot has, it's interesting because it has a sort of a a theatrical feel to it, Mm. though it was actually what was happening on the street. Right. So, and then you just didn't, you couldn't come in for any close ups because of time. Yeah. In that case, it was, uh, it was impossible. It sounds like a logistical nightmare, Matt, in terms of doing all that you know and setting it all up and getting it going i mean just wow it is in a way but obviously you know you ride off the kind of adrenaline of the film and yeah. you just go right okay and and actually people always think like the the sort of wilder things are that it becomes more hard and and difficult and stressful to actually sort out but i find it kind of just makes you make a decision much quicker Right. And actually, you know, sometimes you go with your instinct and, yeah. you know, I think nine times out of 10, your instinct is mainly right. So, Absolutely. And it does yeah. have that raw feel and that's why it's so wonderful to watch and mm. it just keeps going and bouncing along. Um, it felt like the, the dialogue might have been improvised sometimes. Is that just because they played it so well or is that... It was an improvise. I mean, Not what at all. Happened, wow. That's why I said to him first because yeah, yeah. obviously he's yeah. Spanish and it, 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 yeah. it, it seems like someone that's just... Yeah. You know, it seems like one I mean, of those two should have written it. But yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah but no, he's, it was uh, an improvised, but they obviously played it like any actor does. So uh, uh, we did shoot a lot of impro stuff as well, because as we right. were traveling, like in the taxi or whatever, yeah. I would say, okay, just stay there, you drive, just talk about whatever, and they will talk about that, and I will sort of yeah. uh, direct them in one direction or another. But that, uh, this, the, I mean, the movie is, is scripted. Yeah. What happened is that uh, because Kirsten and Tommy were getting on so so well, and they clicked so well, sometimes in the chaos of it all, uh, they, 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 they helped each other. Right. So, so if somebody flaffed a line or whatever, mm-hmm. they will turn it into a comedy moment, and the other one will rescue the other one. That's I mean, the great thing about yeah. their personalities; they, you know, they they mm. they kind of um, weirdly connect in that way, which is good. Yeah, yeah. That, that, if you can work with two actors like that, then absolutely. And then the importance of casting, right? The importance of making sure that that connects because they're spending, you know, seven eight weeks together on the road. Yeah, sometimes just them a lot of the time in a car in a. A small space. And they, they were covered in sand for hours. They that, were in the sea for under, hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kirsten was beaten by jellyfish twice. Wow. So, and she never complained once. Really? No, never. That's she incredible. Just did it, you know? so, That's really nice to hear that. The actors yeah. are just going, do you know what? I'm getting on with this and having a good time. Yeah. yeah so well, yeah, it was good. That's good. Um, in terms of budget then, I mean, obviously you don't have to say what it is, but was, was it doable with what you had or was it? 10 million. 10 million no, pounds. <laughs> no. That was the original budget. Yeah. <laughs> if we had done it properly. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it was, it was a good enough, it was always the times when you were struggling because of, Budget limitations, or just for our listeners to know, I think budget always affects everything. But yeah, it was it started off bigger, and then it just became smaller and smaller. But obviously, it was it was it was it was it was I would I would say healthy for an in, for an independent film. Okay, um, so you know it was over it was over a million quid, which you know wow. is good. And how did you um, raise that? I mean, that's in, 
Curvaman to race. That was a group of Spanish uh, uh, companies that uh, that wow. helped on that process. It's privatized, Giles. You can't be asking that. <laughs> this is what this podcast it's is really, about. Really, really private. Asking those questions. You get kneecapped after this. Yeah. <laughs> Right. No. no, it wasn't private, private investment. Robbie, Robbie cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, private investment. Private investment again, which obviously, you know, it's just so hard to do. It's so hard yeah, to do. Just, and were you pitching yeah. for that then? Did you have full packs and a full process about how yeah, to get it was, that money? it was uh, also some, some uh, context that don't come necessarily from the film uh, world. Well, yeah. you know? it's sometimes but you still benefit from the, you know, UK yeah. tax credit. It's still yeah, a couple of, of other things. I was going to say, yeah, every tax other, credit, yeah. right? Could you get it from each country yeah, or because it's guerrilla? Yeah. Trying is it because yeah. it's too gorilla or is it? Well, you, you got to you know if you make a decision and, and call it a UK film, then you, you benefit more from that side rather than just trying to get it in every good to know. and again you yeah. Know, it's like, but I mean, I mean budget wise, there's there's a couple of things to consider as well. Like mm-hmm. the fact that it's shot in so many incredible locations abroad makes the budget look like it's a lot more. Yes, and if you'd taken like a studio movie and you just said, I want to shoot here, I want to shoot in this country, it would have cost millions and millions and millions of pounds. But the mm-hmm. fact that he's kind of meticulously gone on his own mm-hmm. uh, on a, on a recce has kind of drastically brought the budget down and made it achievable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously when we did the very first budgets, it was uh, three times, you know, what we spent or more uh, if we wanted to do it properly, mm-hmm. you know, meaning uh, locking the streets, you know, getting everything. I don't know. So, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, but sometimes what happens is that the budget uh, c- creates a sort of artistic censorship because, you know, you cannot do certain things in a certain way because mm-hmm. it's unachievable. And I don't, th- and sometimes that works in your favor. Uh, in this case, it, I think it, it helped create the rawness of the movie. So you had some big stunts, the car stuff. I was like, whoa, all right. You know, that was full on stunt moments. Was it, I must imagine you planned It was that more before. difficult to find the two cars and ship them to Italy where we were shooting that scene. Right. That actually doing <laughs> really? the bloody stunt. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I mean, even a simple thing like a car coming out of a container. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole, all the rigging that had to be done, etc. In Italy, because in Italy we were doing the big, a big um, boat sequence that we have and we were doing the stunts, the stand, mm-hmm. a couple of stand drivings and the car shooting out, etc. In there we did have a, a, a more normal crew, a bigger crew mm-hmm. with the scuba divers and, and, and you know, everything. Nice. Uh, but that was the only, the only week that we have that. All mm-hmm. the rest was, uh, I mean, Morocco was just uh, a bunch of us, uh, like right. in a documentary, in a way. Really? You know? So it's documentary yeah. crew size, which is, that's, then, do you know what? Sometimes it's better that way, though. Yeah, because, because you can go, let's get on with it. Let's shoot. And actors yeah, shoot. love that. Yeah. It's much better and, to keep uh, going. Yeah. And the crew, obviously, I mean, everybody involved, I think, will always remember this movie because it was incredible. I mean, it was super fun, the fact of having to be jumping from one place to another. Yes. And it was exciting for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh but obviously it was tough on them. It was tough on everybody. We were working uh, every day and the day of rest was troubling. So, right. you know, we never really had a proper uh, a proper rest. Everybody was dropping ill. At one point we were really? shooting a scene by uh, a road which is super busy with lorries and only three of us were left standing. So everybody was doing everybody's jobs, you know. So it wow. was three of us as a crew where we should have been, you know, 12 and the, two, and the two actors in front so but you know you know that's filmmaking isn't it you're like there no you let's just get yeah. on with it and make a movie and you've done that and it's a brilliant movie and i suggest that everyone go seek this movie out because it's so much fun it really is it's uh, it's available on the 31st of may uh which is either this coming week or if you're listening to this a bit later 
it's out, so go get it. Is it was it coming out on first cinema and so then Yeah, so I've had theatrical run in uh about thirty cinemas across it, cross country. In the it's, UK. Yeah, right? starting in Prince Charles in central London mm-hmm. on the Friday the thirty first. Cinemas is massive. That's and good. the first. Uh-huh. Um moving on to Chelmsford on the second. Okay. Yeah, big Essex premiere. Mm-hmm. All of them are going to be Q&As so lots of, lots of the filmmakers and cast are going to be in, but it's going like Glasgow, Liverpool Manchester Leeds. Bristol Leeds it's uh, yeah going to just rolling it out aren't you with you and your, your cinema yeah. releases you lot and Camelot you'll be films. able to find all of the events on the I Love My Mum Facebook page yes there you go yeah. so you can buy your tickets That's what I'll put a link into the show notes of that so go follow it go like it uh, and turn up and watch this film there with these guys and say hello so he said, and show you love you, your mum. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Take your mum. Yeah. Well, maybe don't take your mum because people might think your mum is this person. But no, do take your mum because it's another bum on the seat. <laughs> take your dad. Bum it's, it's quite funny because the the fixer, the fix, one of the fixers from Morocco, yeah. came to pick us up in the airport in uh, in Casablanca. It was, nice. and and he had a big sign saying, "I love my mum." So all these ladies were looking at him, <laughs> thinking, oh, what a lovely son. He must be with the worst oh, mom. Yeah. And then we turned up. Yeah. 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 We, we've been saying, if you, don't, if you don't go and see the film, you, do, you don't, in fact, love your mum. Right. So you should, should go and see it. There you go. Is, yeah, yeah, that should be your, your tagline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you don't watch this film, you yeah. don't love your mum. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone goes, God, shit. Better go watch it. Better go film. watch it, yes. But yeah. do watch this film. It's fantastic. It's out on the 31st of May. Um, but a bit of advice for then a filmmaker who is wanting to go make a film like this, a road movie comedy, or just in general a, a movie of this scale, what kind of advice could you give someone to do that? Uh, I will only say that uh, you have to really want to do it. Um, you know. <laughs> I think that's generally most filmmakers, though, isn't it? We really want to do it. We get so much heartache and pain that we, by the end, we're like, this, I have the, to do this. No, but he's right. Some, the, some, people the, don't, some people thing, just want to think they do yes. want to do and it. And then, if you are moral enough. Please mm-hmm. spend the energy building a hospital or something like that rather than fucking making a movie. <laughs> but that's something else. But it's this is why I was saying at the beginning it's sort of a calling. I mean, yeah, you no, have to do it. It has to be no other option. Yes. It has to be no other option. That's the only advice. I mean, it's... Uh, on a, on a one-to-one, I could give advice. I could say, no, well, you know... It's just me and you here. No one another. else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, well, <laughs> you know, yes. Just keep pushing. You've got to commit, just commit keep yourself pushing to it, yeah. Keep pushing and keep pushing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, yourself, as making something like this, a feature like this? Uh, Especially after coming off the back of Winter Ridge and then having this film, you know, what did you learn from the two? What did you bring to it? I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think you, I think you shouldn't stop at all. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, after doing Winter Ridge, it was like, okay, well, you know, should we try and have a break or should we try and recover? It's just, no, just, just keep going, just keep going. Cause until you kind of get, no, I don't want to say accepted, but until you kind of get accepted, you know, by the industry, then you just got to keep making good stuff and as long as you're learning something yourself mm-hmm. every time I think that's all that matters I think if you're learning and growing yeah. and you're okay well this film's a different film but actually I learned how to do that on this film or I learned how to deal with that person or I learned mm-hmm. how to create this then you're always going to be learning and growing and, and you know you, you kind of set goals and projections and you just grow every time and I think it's um yeah, just keep keep going. Yeah, keep I agree. Going. Uh, that's great advice. Um, and don't you know? Don't be afraid that everything doesn't always have to, you know, slot into place. Some things can be spontaneous, and and some things that are you thought was organised that are now not organised could bring and breathe something else. So mm. you know, just go with it. Okay, go with the punches. That's what uh, oh. Sylvester Sylvester Stallone says. Is it? Is that what yeah. he says? Go with the punches. He makes his own little Might slogan. Be wrong, but yeah, go, I mean, go, go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. go with the punches. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, this has been fantastic thank you so much for your time um, okay where, is, are you on Twitter I know you've got the Facebook page you mentioned yourself uh, I have uh, I'm, I'm in Instagram I posted up uh, mm. I like posting but I've only done two um, um, <laughs> you know photographs of Persil and pot of soaps uh, so great. great so you've got you two know. pictures on your Instagram page it's embarrassing it's a, da- it's a daz it's a, no, it's a daz the other one is Brillo or something yeah, like that it's, no it's a daz picture okay so it's don't follow him there <laughs> The, the film, the film's everywhere. The film's yeah. building a nice Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, follow that yeah. Instead, which is I love my mum. I love my mum on Instagram, okay. Facebook. Uh, we don't. We, we haven't gone on a Twitter route with this. It's it's either yeah. you do or you don't. Yeah, Sometimes we it's, it's an effort. It's a full on. This is a very. Job. Um, you know, this is a very. I think this is a very visual kind of. Um, uh, you know, I think that the, the pictures and, and, the, and the visuals and, and the videos we're using a lot of snippets of videos on this that we didn't do so much yeah. on Winter Ridge. I think they're more. Uh, suitable for Instagram I agree and connectable and people go yes. oh that's funny oh, I want to see that yeah, yeah. I love my mum the movie no? yes yeah, yeah I love my mum the movie yeah. there you go okay uh, and Dom where can people follow you just everywhere uh, Facebook <laughs> Twins just everywhere look at him big time now I'm you will get to me because I've got security but you know you can just try I mean on the on the the, you know on the three platforms of Twitter Instagram Facebook the dark web what about the non-free platforms (laughs) three platforms not free platforms oh I see yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, no I'm just the big three I'm I'm on there yeah right yeah yeah. yeah. not Snapchat okay cool not Snapchat Uh, yeah just just Instagram uh, Instagram's the main one I use now but yeah I'm on Instagram Facebook and Twitter just uh, M Huggins or Matt Huggins Cat's got an Instagram was it Oski Oscar, Oscar London or something Oscar underscore London Oscar if you want to follow Matt's cat that's no. a really good one he's to follow he's a little famous dude he's a little famous dude his cat has more Instagram followers than Alberta here we go pictures probably you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod you can follow me at Giles Alderson where can we follow you Robbie just Robbie McCain. That's it's simple. It's not just Robbie McCain. No, it's Robbie, it's Robbie McCain. McCain. <laughs> it's Robbie McCain, our producer editor. Thank you. Remember, if you're making indie films, do it. If you want to make indie films, go do it. Don't stop. Don't get get excuses. Do whatever you can to make your film. And I hope this has inspired you to go write a screenplay and go get your film made and shot however you can do it. We've had a fantastic time, haven't we? Fantastic. What a joy. Thank, Thank you. So I Love My Mum is out on the 31st of May. Thank you very much. We'll see you next Tuesday, as always for the next installment of The Filmmaker's Podcast!